I've seen miracles my mind can't comprehend There is beauty in what I can't understand Jesus, it's you Jesus, it's you I believe the wonder-working God working God all the miracles I seen Too good to not believe I'll hear stories that have proved your faithfulness And I've seen miracles to my Oh, 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 oh,
like you, Jesus, nobody. You walk in the dark room and you turn on the light, Lord. You take death and bring resurrection, Lord. Put broken lives back together again, Lord. That's who you Cancer disappear. Oh, yes, thank you, Jesus. We've seen broken bodies heal. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen real life resurrection. We've seen mental health restored. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We've seen families reunited. We see prodigals return. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We see troubled souls delivered. We see addicts finally free. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Don't you tell me he can't do it. We'll see cities in revival and salvation flood the streets. Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it But we'll see glory fill the nations Like this world is never seen Don't you tell me he can't do it Don't you tell me he can't do it I believe you the wonder-working God You're the wonder-working say that. Let's say his name. Say Jesus, 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 Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus.
there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Your name is power Your name is healing Your name is life Break every stronghold
just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind cause I know that there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus Come on, give him some praise this morning. Somebody say, he's worthy. He is worthy, he is worthy. He is worthy, he is worthy, he is worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. See, in an atmosphere of praise like that, anything is possible. It's like if you could tune everybody out except for you and Jesus. You just may run into a miracle. I'm serious. Things change. See, we got to learn to tune out everything but Him. Get focused on nothing but Him. Just see His face. Worship Him. Got to make up your mind. So I'm going to press it. What do you need today? See, what do you need God to do what do you need to happen see it's, it's not in all the singing it's in the worship it's in the worship reaching out and touching the hem of his garment and receiving what he has today amen lift your hands and just praise him one more time say we love you Jesus we love you Jesus we love you Jesus oh we praise you Lord we praise you Lord we praise you Lord woman with the issue of blood said in her heart 
if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. What are you saying in your heart today? What is your thought? What is your word? What is your statement of faith? Like the little woman, 12 years of suffering. Yea, says the Spirit of God, you do not have to go another step. All you need to do is reach out and touch the Master, touch the hem of His garment. Hallelujah. Oh, come on. Just take a few moments. Touch the hem of His garment. Come on. Come on. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Oh, yes, Lord. We reach out. Reach out. Reach out. Reach out.
that woman just touched the little talit, just the little bit yes. touched the little fringe of his garment. Thank she didn't Lord. have to lay Thank hold on him. She didn't have to grab the Thank whole robe. Just touch the very Thank tinsel, the very tassel of that prayer shawl is all it took. Just a little Thank bit of faith. A little grain of mustard seed that he's given to all of us. All of us. So believe. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Knees, 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 knees. Hips. In Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now can you give him a great Thanksgiving offering? Thank you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. And you may be seated this morning. And uh, I want to ask the ushers to go ahead and come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God is good. <laughs> Even when we do not deserve it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we worship you today with the tithe and the offering. We just thank you right now, God. You are the one who supplies every, every need in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for supplying that need abundantly, O oh God. In Jesus' name, you rebuke the devourer, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's go ahead and be turning in our Bible to First uh, Thessalonians. I've got a lot of popping going on here. Something's changed in my too much bass or something. You might have to bring this monitor down a little bit. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand for the reading of the Word this morning. Um, excuse me, the ushers. Are, yes, stand for the reading of the Word. I'm beside myself. Yeah. Go ahead and put the scripture up. First Thessalonians chapter five. I'm going to read to you two verses this morning. I'm going to read this version up here from the message. I don't think, now listen to this, I don't think, friends, that I need to deal with the question of when all this is going to happen. You know as well as I do that the day of the Master's coming can't be posted on calendars. He won't call ahead and make an appointment any more than a burglar would. About the time everybody's walking around complacently congratulating each other, we've sure got it made. Now we can take it easy. Suddenly everything will fall apart. It's going to come as suddenly and inescapably as birth pains to a pregnant 
woman. Let us pray. Father, thank you today for your word. We say, Holy Spirit, have your way. Help us to be sensitive to you. We pray, God, that you will work your work in hearts and lives today. Holy Spirit, we pray for the fire of God to be released upon every heart, upon every life. We pray for the transforming power of the Spirit of God, Lord, to burn out everything that's not of you. And, Lord, we pray today that you'll touch every area of our lives. We bind every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. And thank you today for the yoke-destroying, burden-lifting, anointing of your presence. We ask you, have your way in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You may be seated this morning. I'm going to read to you from the King James Version as well. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, you don't need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. When they shall say peace and safety, then cometh sudden destruction upon them as travail upon a woman with child. And they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. You are the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Watch and be sober. For they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and for an helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. For whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with Him. Amen. 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 I like the way that the message translation puts this toward the end of this scripture that we were reading this morning. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but not us. Since we're creatures of day, let's act like it. Since we are creatures of day, let's act like it. Let's act like it. My dad used to tell me, son, there's nothing good goes on after 12 o'clock. Amen. Some of us learn the hard way. Amen. Nothing good. Listen to what he says. Act like it. Walk out into the daylight sober, dressed up in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. You see, there shouldn't be one thing, and listen to me, there shouldn't be one thing that takes us off guard or catches us off guard or by surprise as we draw near to the coming of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Somebody say nothing. I remember years ago, and, and uh, you know, when Deborah and I were going to school, you know, they would always tell us, you know, don't let anything, don't let anything move you. He was telling us because we were going to hear anything, and I've heard it all. Anybody that's been a preacher's heard it all. If you hadn't heard it, you will if you're a preacher. You will hear it all. Somebody say, I'll hear it all. 
hear it all. And so there shouldn't be one thing that takes us off guard in the world in which we live in. And listen to Christ's counsel and the counsel of Scripture as we go through a few of these points this morning to point out to you. Because we've been told that there's going to be false Christ, false teachers, false prophets, deception and delusion, wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in different places, famines, pestilences, violent weather, signs in the heavens, signs in the earth, blood moons, antichrist spirits, lawlessness, immorality, evil men increasing, perilous hard times, seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. Jesus said it would be like the days of Noah and also like the days of Lot. Men's hearts would fail them for fear for the things that are coming upon the earth. And I think that that's a really interesting scripture when you begin to think about Jesus spoke those words. Men's hearts shall fail them for fear. Somebody say hearts are going to fail. Hearts are going to fail. People are going to freak out, full of fear, and they're going to die. Everybody remember that. Technologies increase. People running to and fro. Birth pains of the end. So what does Jesus say? He says, watch and be sober. He also tells us, pray that you be accounted worthy to escape all of these things and to stand before the Son of Man at judgment. The key word that we said last week, let him that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the churches. We need ears to hear. Everybody lay your hand on your ear. Say, Father, give me a hearing ear. Give me a hearing ear. Give me a hearing ear. Give me a hearing ear in Jesus' name. He also told us in the Revelation, he that overcometh. Everybody say overcometh. He that overcometh. He that overcometh shall receive a crown of life. I want that crown of life. Paul said, there's laid up for me a crown of life that the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give unto me. And not only to me, but all those that love his appearing. How many love his appearing this morning? I want to receive that crown of righteousness. He said also, he said, I'll write my name in you, and the name of my God in you. I'll do that for you. And he said, you're going to rule and you're going to reign with me forever and forever. And that is a great, great deal. Somebody say amen. I want to rule and reign with Christ Jesus. I do throughout all eternity. You see, Jesus' words before he left this earth are this. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel to every creature baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Him that believeth is going to be saved. He that believes not is going to be damned because he has not believed on the Son of God. How many are going to believe on Jesus? Put your faith in Jesus. Amen. He tells us, preach the truth without compromise. So Jesus in the Revelation last week is what we Touchstone, how that he was standing in the midst of his church. His head and his hairs were white like as under wool. His eyes like a flame of fire. His countenance is as the sun shining in his strength. His feet as fine brass as if they burned in the furnace. And out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. His voice as the sound of many waters. And so when John saw him, what did we say? He fell at his feet as a dead man. That was his response. 
So Jesus in the revelation today, he is standing in the midst of the church. Take some of these loaves out. Standing in the midst of the church. Where's he at? Standing in the midst. Remember John he was instructed to write seven letters to seven churches. These churches were like on a postal route. And so you had number one, number two, number three, number four, and they carried these messages around, John did, to give to these churches and to speak a message to them. But there's one church today that the Lord drew me to, and that is the church of Pergamos. And the church at Pergamum was a huge center of pagan worship filled with immorality, filled with perversion, homosexuality, and every kind of deviant sin that you can possibly think of. They served the gods of, of Zeus and Athena and Dionysus and Asclepius and, and the emperor worship they held to as well. They believed the worship, that the emperor was God. And so Jesus reveals himself to this church, and listen to what he says to them. He stands in the midst of them, and he says, I am he who holds the two-edged sword. I know your deeds, that you have held to my name, and you have not denied it, even when my faithful servant Antipas was martyred among you. Wow. Antipas lived in Pergamum. Now you got to get this. This is important. Because when he walked out in the culture and he saw all the different gods that were there and he knew that there was emperor worship, he went out into culture and what did Antipas begin to do? Antipas began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. He not only began to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, but, the, but history teaches us that he began to cast out devils and pull down the strongholds of darkness that were in the city. And what happened as a result of that is that the people of Pergamos did not like it. So we could say that they were a cancel culture. They were a culture did not, that did not want to receive light, that didn't want to hear the truth, didn't want the name of Jesus spoken. Didn't want to hear anything about there being just one way to heaven. My God, is in, are you listening to me this morning? Didn't want to hear anything about the word of God being the truth in the midst of a culture where there was nothing but lies and deception and delusion. And so Antipas went and preached truth because Antipas wanted the culture changed. See, I want to tell you this morning, a lot of what people call revival is not revival. Revival changes culture. Revival damages the powers of darkness. It pulls down the strongholds of lies and deception and delusion. And man, our world is filled with it today. We have all kinds of gurus that are out there. We have your Opal Winfrey's and you have all the different ones that are out there that tell you that there are many ways to heaven. My friend, there's not but one way to heaven and that is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. He's the door. He's the way. He's the entrance. There's no other way to get there except through Jesus Christ. See, what they fail to tell you is that their gods cannot deliver you, cannot heal you, cannot make you whole, can't make you feel better, because when you serve something that's false, it's only going to take you deeper in the hole. Huh? Yes. So Antipas... 
as he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and was telling the truth to the people. The people didn't like it. So what did the people do? The people went to the governor and began to complain to the governor. We don't like Antipas. He's out here preaching that there's not but one way to heaven and telling us that there's only one God. What about, uh, what about Zeus? What about Athena? What about uh, Achilles? What about these other gods, these, these many gods that we serve? Nobody's going to talk about my God and get away with it. This is the way that culture feels today, my friend. I want you to understand that right now that Christianity is being attacked on a scale like it has never been attacked before. You have leaders within the nation, leaders in the nation, in the Congress, in the Senate, in the government, and governors alike throughout this United States of America and the world that have Christianity at, in disfavor. They don't want to hear you tell them that there's just one way. They don't, want to t they don't want you telling them that you've got to live godly, righteously, soberly in this present world. Mm -hmm. Woo. I like Antipas. Antipas is my kind of guy. Because the more they talked about there's more ways to heaven, he said there's only one cross. It was in Jerusalem. It's where Jesus Christ died at. He shed his blood. Oh, don't you understand that all these other things are nothing more than false gods? You can't have one God running the stars and another God running the planets and another God running the ocean and another God running the weather. There's not but one God that made it all. And if you read Genesis chapter 1, it explains it all. I like Antipas. He's my kind of guy. He's preaching. He's preaching truth. I said he's preaching truth. How do I know that he's preaching truth? Because it got him in trouble. Because they went to the governor, they began to complain. They said, Governor Newsom, I mean, excuse me. <laughs> governor North, well, he's the ex-governor. A lot of these other governors that are out there today. They say, oh, I believe in God, I got faith in God. No, you don't have faith in the God I know. And see, this is where the rubber meets the road, and we cannot be silent, my friend, as Christians. We have got to speak up and speak the truth of the Word of God. Hallelujah. Antipas. Somebody say Antipas. He's my kind of guy. He's born again. He's blood-bought. He's spirit-talked. He's full of the Word. He's baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. He has a relationship with Jesus. And it's amazing to me. Listen, Jesus could have mentioned anybody. He had lots of people that loved him, that were on fire for him, and others that had been martyred. But he reminded the church in Pergamos, he said, where my faithful martyr was Antipas. And so this morning we want to honor Antipas for his stand for Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago. Amen. Somebody say, thank God for Antipas. And so they went and they complained to the governor. And the governor went and got Antipas, said, bring him to me. He brought him in before him. And he said, you are going to have to quit preaching this Jesus stuff. You're going to have to stop it. You're going to have to quit telling people that the word of God is the truth. And you're going to have to start telling them that there's more than one way to heaven. You're going to have to stand up and recant about Jesus. And you're going to have to tell the people there are many ways to God, not just Jesus. 
They put Antipas on the spot. I was wondering how many of us today would fare out if they drug us before the governor or before the president or before the Congress or before the Senate or before a Supreme Court, and they looked at us and said, look, you're going to quit believing this one-way stuff. You're going to quit believing in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You're going to quit bullying people with the Word of God. My friend, it's not bullying. It's rescuing because we don't want people to go to hell. We want people to go to heaven. We want people to be born again. We want them to be saved, not oppressed and beaten down. Because if you go back historically and you look at these gods that existed back then, you look at all the filth, the ungodliness, the wickedness, and the abject poverty that existed. Nobody was doing good. You're going to quit preaching, Antipas, because I'm the governor. You're going to obey me. Do you get this, Mr. Antipas? Antipas leaves the presence of the governor. He goes back to the city square, and guess what he does? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. In him is life. If you're going to have life and live, if you're going to be redeemed, you've got to know this God. We beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth. Jesus himself, this God that I'm preaching to you, came and died on the cross, gave his life for you, and he declared, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. That God gave his life for you. He's not some pious God that's exalted high that says he doesn't want anything to do with you and you have to lick his feet. He's the God that came to you in the form of flesh and blood and gave his life on the cross. That is the God that I preach. Is that you are made in his likeness and in his image. He made male and female in his likeness and in his image. He made you to be like him, not this messed up stuff that's in the world. Hello, somebody. Antipas went and preached. What did they do? They went and took Antipas and they took him and they began to afflict him and beat him and abuse him. And they took him to the top of the Acropolis where there was a big brazen bull that was on top of the Acropolis. It had big horns and it was designed that when, when a person was put inside this bull's belly because they sacrificed people here. They burned people to death inside the belly of this beast. They would put them in there and fry them alive. Antipas, if you don't quit, we're going to fry you alive. We're going to butcher you. We're going to murder you. And we're going to put you inside that bull. And we're going to fry you alive. That's a pretty stiff word, isn't it? I like Antipas. You know why? Because he can relate to modern-day Christendom. He can relate to what Muslims do to, to, do to Christians. He can relate to what ISIS does to Christians. He can relate. He can relate to what a lot of this idolatry and this, these false gods do to Christians right now in various places throughout the earth that are dying for the faith of Jesus Christ. One of the things that moved me many years ago is that I heard a testimony of an individual in Russia, how that they went there and they were, they were taking people and apprehending them for the preaching of the gospel. They put the father in, in jail and took his son, his little son, and put him in jail with him. And they said, if you don't recant and you don't deny Jesus Christ, he said, you're going to be put to death. And they said, we are not going to recant. The little boy said, I'm not going to recant. 
They came, now listen to me. They came and they took this, 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 this man and they said, look, we know right now that you don't want, you say you're not going to recant, but you will recant if we murder your son in front of you. They took this son, they took him, and the guard began to reach back. And he said, are you going to recant? And the little boy looked at his daddy. His daddy was crying with tears running down his cheeks. And his father said, he said, son, I don't know. I'm, I'm under a lot of pressure right now. But that little boy looked up at his daddy and said, daddy, I want you to know one thing. You've always stood for Jesus. You've always taught me about Jesus. Don't you dare recant right now because I'm ready to stand and I'm ready to die for this Jesus that you've taught me about all these years. That father looked back at those guards and he said, do what you got to do because I can't recant. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They took that, they took that little 12-year-old boy and they bludgeoned his body against the bars of that jail cell until the blood splattered upon his father. You see, the devil plays for keeps, my friend. But if you got a faith like Antipas does, and if you got a faith like this man did in Russia, you can stand for the truth, my friend, and not bow and not give in. Say, I'd rather be like the three Hebrew children. I'd rather be like Daniel. I'd rather be a Joseph. I'd rather be an Antipas. I'd rather be a martyr than deny Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Oh, yeah. Master plans for the end times. Somebody say, don't recant. Don't recant. Don't recant. Antipas goes back and he preaches. He's preaching the word. They come and they apprehend him and they take him and they bind him and they take him up to the top of the Acropolis and they, 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 they beat him and they put him inside the belly of this giant bull and then they build this huge fire up under it. The horns were designed that when they put people inside that, that belly of that beast, is that when they began to scream, the noise would go out through the horns and it would make the most hideous noises because it would echo down from the Acropolis, down through the city, so that people could hear what was going on. It was a reminder to anybody that bucked the gods. You're going to understand that that is your path and that is your death if you're willing to die it unless you recant Jesus Christ. They took Antipas, they beat him, they abused him, they tied him, they put him in the belly of this bull and they built their fire and they fried him alive. When they got through with that, they took him out. You know what they did? They took the bones. They took the bones and they polished them and they made earrings and necklaces and jewelry so that they could wear it around their neck to show the power of their gods. I'm wondering today, do we have that kind of power, that kind of love relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God? See, Jesus mentions him for Pergamos for a reason because he's, a, he's like the modern-day modern world in which we live. We're living in this time where there's such immorality and grotesque uh, uh, unrighteousness and immorality in the world in which we live with child trafficking. What's happening at the border? the mutilation of human beings being sacrificed to devils because you got devil worshipers in America. Listen to me. You got to understand what's going on right here. And while the bull, while he's inside the belly of the bull and he's there, they dance around it 
in a frolic, in a frenzy, worshiping their God. And this is what they would do, history says, to the undesirables. Maybe I need to say that again. The undesirables, the deplorables. Man, that ought to make your blood boil. It ought to cause you to get stirred up on the inside. Bless God, I'm not going to quit serving Jesus. I'm not going to quit preaching the gospel of Christ. I'm going to stand like I've never stood before, and I'm going to do it right now because I understand that if culture in America continues to go down the hell-bound path, that they will rise up against the people of God and want to imprison you. You can say, no, it will not happen. Believe me, they believe that in Germany. They believed it in other countries. But I can tell you this of a truth. Jesus said they will take you, apprehend you, imprison you, and speak all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. Why does he tell? Well, that's for the tribulation period. Jesus said these words. In this life you shall have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus says you don't have to give in because to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord. And so John is writing this letter by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's inspired to tell us this story. And so they took Antipas and they made jewelry out of his bones. And Jesus says something real interesting. He says to the church of Pergamos, he said, I know where Satan's seat is. I know where Satan's seat is, his throne. I know where his seat is. He's speaking about a place where Satan gains control. There was such a demand for evil in Antipas' day that this evil had gained control. This gave Satan a unique level of authority in that area to take Christians, persecute them, burn them in the belly of that bull. So Jesus is speaking this message to the church at Pergamum for one reason. He wants them to understand, and he wants the world to understand. I got a people that don't care whether they live or die. I got a people that love me, and they're willing to give themselves as a sacrifice and to be burned at the stake, to be crucified on crosses, to be eaten by wild animals. They're willing to go to any length just to say, I love you, Jesus. I will never recant of my faith. I will never give in. Mm. Oh, man, I ain't done yet. Listen. Satan had gained a foothold. Jesus is addressing the church. But he's not the guy with the napkin hanging on the cross. He's resiliently glowing from head to toe. His voice is shaking the ground. He's appeared in the midst of his church, and I can tell you that Jesus is in the midst of us this morning. He's right here right now. I want you to understand angels get excited when you start talking about Antipas. But when you talk about the myriads of others that have been martyred for the faith, because they fold their wings and they step back and they marvel at people's salvation because they never have gotten to partake of salvation. They're created beings of fire. And then when they look at you and me and they see people like Antipas that are willing to give their lives, 
It amazes them when they look on and see that we're willing to go to that place. Oh, listen. Satan had gained that foothold in Pergamos. It was important for the church not to be silent, but to speak up. Well, you know, I, I don't want to get involved in that. I, you know, I, I don't want to say anything because if I do, it's just going to stir up trouble. My friend, when? When is a convenient time? You tell me sometime that when you speak truth that it doesn't cause trouble in the bowels of hell. That when you take a stand for Jesus, isn't it amazing? They tell you pray, but don't pray in Jesus' name. Preach, but don't talk about the blood of Jesus. See, the devil knows. He gained a foothold. I said he gained a foothold. Here John is, 70-some years old. You know, the, the years had passed by, and now Jesus has appeared. And he said, you need to take these seven letters, and you need to give them to the churches that are in Asia. And I want you to give this message to Pergamos. He's standing in the midst of that church with eyes of fire, head like unto wool, his feet as fine brass. He's standing there. My God. You got to get this. He's standing there in the midst of that church. He said, look, I'm building a church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. I'm building a church that's going to stand no matter what comes or what goes. I'm building a church that, had, that is not afraid to speak me, my, what my word and be my voice in the earth. I'm not afraid to do it. I don't care what the governor says or the leader says. Remember when Jesus looked at Pilate and Pilate says, what is truth? Jesus could have said, you're looking at it. See, it's important for me not to back down. It's important for you to stand. I said it's important for you to stand. It's important for you to stand. You can't die but once. I said you can't die but once. The ones that don't know Jesus are going to die twice. But we're not going to die but once. Come on, see, I, I want to get you stirred up this morning is what I'm after in your, in your life. Listen to me. So here, remember last week, that I was telling you about that Satanist that has served, served uh, the, the devil was a high priest in Satanism for 20 years and that he said he could go into an area and offer up blood sacrifices and that he could lock down that area and then he would astral project himself into the heavenlies and while he was there, he would assign principalities and certain, certain principalities and powers into that given locality or that geographical location. And he said, I could do anything I wanted to do, and the devil could do anything he wanted to do. He could influence people with homosexuality, lesbianism, transgenderism. He could influence people to murder and kill and steal, and all of these things he influenced them because they had free reign. Come on. Jesus said, what the Pergamon? I know where the devil's seated at. And I can tell you that Jesus knows where Satan is seated at in America. He's seated in the high echelons of society and seated in the places of authority in our nation. Are you listening to me? Satan has gained a foothold because you got mamby-pamby, sissified, soft-handed, and soft-kneed preachers. I'm just telling you. And Satan has gained a seat in our nation. 
I mean, my God, it doesn't take anybody to have any education at all to understand that when they tell you, you can identify to anything you want to. It's your pronoun. Take your choice. You can be a dog. You can be a cat. You can be a girl. You can be a boy. You can be a this. You can be a that. I want to tell you that's out of the bowels of hell, and you need to run from it just as fast as you can. But more than that, more than that, you need to speak up and tell people. You need to make sure that you tell them God made you in his likeness and in his image. He made female and male. He made them both. And when it comes to marriage, listen to me. What did Jesus say? It's between a man and a woman. For this cause. So for this cause. For this cause shall a man leave his mother and father and shall be joined into his wife, and they too shall be one. It didn't say for man and man. That's an abomination to the Lord. Matter of fact, historically, if you were to go back, it's not the first time that this has occurred in history. They tried sex changes under Hitler. They tried sex changes thousands of years ago. They mutilated people, did it without anesthesia. I'm telling you, it's the powers of hell that have come up out of the bowels of the earth because earth, the world, has demanded immorality and filth in it because preachers don't want to offend anybody or tell anybody you can't live that way and go to heaven. You can't do it. Listen. It's time to get rid of the pornography under your bed. It's time to get that. If you can't handle that computer in your house, throw it out the back door. Take a gun and shoot it. Come on, somebody. Get rid of the HBO and the sin to the max. Get rid of it. Because it is an unbridled lust in America right now. What is it that possesses an individual that is 50 years old to want to get in the bed with a 12-year-old and have sex with them? My friend, that is the powers of hell at work in America. Jesus said, I know where Satan's seat's at. You know why Jesus came to that church? He said, look, things are going to have to change right here. You're going to have to get on your knees and call on my name. He said, my church that I built, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he's telling us as the body of Christ, he said, look, you can prevail against this evil. You can prevail against this immorality. You can prevail against this wickedness. You can push it back in the name of Jesus Christ, your Lord. You can take authority over it, and you can stand and you can preach. You know why people won't change? Nobody wants to talk about it. Well, I might offend them. I might keep them from coming to church if I say anything to them. They ain't coming anyway, honey. They're not coming anyway. Who is to say, look, who is to say that if you're bold enough to stand up and tell the truth, listen, in love? You got to love them. I said, you got to love them. If I had an anger, it would be toward the church. It wouldn't be toward the sinner. You got to love them. Because it's a demon of confusion. It, they could have been molested. They could have been raped. God only knows what's going on in the house that they've been raised in by drug addict moms and dads. Jesus said, I know where Satan's seat's at. And he said, I know how to get him off of it too. That Satanist that had been a high priest in Satanism for 20 years, that offered those blood sacrifices, locked down those areas, invited those principalities in. He said there's not but one thing that can gain that ground back. 
He said, because I can tell you, I know. I was the high priest of Satan. That is a blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled child of God that knows the Word. Woo! Somebody said that knows the Word. What are you talking about? I say the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every imagination and thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing it into captivity. The devil knows that the moment that you get the revelation of who you are and get stirred up enough to begin to assault those powers. Somebody, oh, you can't, don't say nothing to the devil. Don't say nothing to him. He might come and get you. Now, he might clamp down on my leg. All his teeth will break out. I'm shod. I said, I'm shod. I'm shod. Remember we talked about that last week? The armor of God. I've got on gospel shoes. Come on, somebody. Bite on, devil. You're going to lose your bite. I remember sitting in a meeting with one preacher got up, and he began to preach. He said, they said the devil didn't have any teeth, but I want to tell you he does. My word to that preacher is get your pliers out and start pulling them. It's time to act like men. Get up and be men. Come on. Quit being soft. Start standing and preaching truth. Amen. Say, honey, honey, let me tell you something. Thank God for the Barbie movie. I said, thank God for the Barbie movie. I hadn't seen it. I was thinking about feminism for ladies. Instead of wanting to be a man and chase a ball down the... I'm coming, don't worry. I think girls ought to play with girl dolls. I don't think it's right when a little boy plays with a boy doll. I think it tends to lead to something that God never designed. And I don't think that a child should sit down and watch homosexual, lesbian, or male-to-male and female-to-female television programs on TV to be your babysitter while you sit there and let them watch that filth or a cartoon that's gender-confused. Amen. See, if the church doesn't shut it down, the devil sure ain't going to shut it down. If the church gets in agreement with the devil, we got hell coming our way, my friend. And I'm not ready to forfeit it over into the devil's hand. I'm ready to say I'm taking back what belongs to me that the blood of Jesus Christ bought, and I am not going to tolerate this in Jesus' name. Amen. My God. Jesus said, I know where Satan's seat is. He's able to be enthroned because he's given that access. He's given the place. No restraint. Devil, just come on in and do what you want to do. Because we seek a friendly. We are seek a friendly around here. That's the biggest bunch of garbage. I'm so glad my the, the school that I went to took that curriculum out and threw it in the trash can. I remember working on my doctorate and the one of the books, Purpose Driven Life. It was Ishmael. The milk of Ishmael. That is the biggest bunch of garbage I've ever seen in my life. And most people never understand when they take it and read it. It might be one of your favorite books. I'd take it and burn it. 
It is milky. It's full of doctrines of devils. Jesus Christ didn't step on the scene saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I'm the way. I'm sorry that I'm the truth. and I'm, I'm sorry that I'm alive. I'm sorry that this is going to offend you. I hate to make you feel bad. Listen, I didn't get saved because somebody was massaging me and that kind of, I got saved because somebody told me about hell. And it was my mother. I know where Satan's seat is. Any lawmaker, any judge, any leader that gets up and breaks away from the absolute truth of God's word that this nation was founded on has deviated from the path that our founding fathers intended for this nation to go. We have what? Right at 10 million people that have crossed our borders. We are being invaded as a nation. Listen, this is not illegal immigration. This is invasion. Let's call it what it is. Do you understand that if 10 million people were activated to rise up in our nation to begin to murder people, the Americans wouldn't know what was going on because most of them have swallowed the pablum of the the lies that come out of Washington, D.C., and they would like, but listen, people like me that just said what I said, they would love to lock me up. You know about the Trump derangement syndrome? And listen, I appreciate President Trump and everything that he did, but I'm going to vote for the person that lines up with the Word of God. If he's the man, praise God. And I appreciate the stand that it takes now. Somebody said, well, do you agree with everything that he's, that he's doing and everything that he says? Do you agree with his foul mouth? And do you agree with all that stuff that he did to these women? Do you have a past? Excuse me, but how long ago was that? Do, do you have a past? Have you ever repented? Would you like it if anybody got them and said, well, they, they, ooh, you can't have them in your church. My God, they committed adultery. They were a fornicator. They were a liar. They were a cheat. You can't have them in the house. You can't let them be an usher. You can't let them be on the praise team. Oh, my God, 50 years ago, they cussed. That's a religious devil, and it's just as bad as anything else. Come on now. See, it's important for me to understand the devil is after our kids. He's after your little children. He's after the teenagers. He's after the adults. He's after anybody that he can get his hand on. And listen to me, the more that society caves in and gives in and the more uh, territory that the church hands over to this, that through this seeker-friendly garbage and this not being willing to speak up, the more danger it puts us in. We've got to stand. Jesus brought up Antipas for a reason. He's in the city square. People are doing lewd things in the city square. It's okay to be naked. It's okay to have orgies. It's okay to live these lewd lives. It's all right. Because you got you got powerful people that are senators that perform homosexual acts in the Capitol building. 
That's wrong. Somebody, they should have fired them on the spot. I don't, you know, hey, this, forget impeachment. You have violated this office. Somebody, somebody say, somebody needs to have enough Jesus in them to get up and say, you are not going to be mirroring this into society and putting this upon the upcoming generations to think that a high, powerful individual like yourself is able to do that and get by with it. Amen. Oh, my God. Excuse me. Coming through. I got to close. It's 12 after 12. But Antipas, see, Jesus said, Jesus gave this story for a reason. He said, I know where Satan's seat is. I know where Satan's seat is. He's telling them, you can know where Satan's seat is. All you got to do is look up to the high places. Look where the money's at. Look where the money is. Follow the money. You'll find the devil. All of these billionaires that are financing the fall of America. Powerful individuals. See, we have things, everything is backwards in America. Who would have thought that our Supreme Court would strike down a bill to leave our border open? My God. That's not even constitutional. Amy Barrett, one of the, she was appointed by Trump, was one of them. Roberts was another. What are you saying that for, Pastor? I'm telling you that if you're not close to Jesus and if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you could be swayed by the world and sucked into this demonic delusion that exists in America. Amen. We don't want to be in that. Don't want to give in to it. And you know what? You can have anybody you want to to come up to you and say, look, there's many ways to heaven. There's nothing wrong with homosexuality or lesbianism. There's nothing wrong if you want to get your gender changed. There's nothing wrong. There's only there's one thing that's wrong with all that belief. It does not include God. It is totally anti-Christ. It has removed God from the equation altogether because Jesus said they're all liars. And so we got to dig down deep to the foundation of the truth. What's that word say? Because when you stand before Jesus, you can bring Smojo and all of them you want to that said, well, they said I could do this, and they said I could do that, and they said I could do this, and they said I could do that, and I could do this because you can flip through that TV and find anybody telling you anything you want to. It's true, isn't it? But I'm going to tell you what you better do. You better flip through the pages of the holy book and find out what God said. Because when you stand before God, God's going to say, didn't you read my book? You have a responsibility. You're the steward of your own life. You have a responsibility. You know that there's a heaven. You know that there's a hell. And so you're the one that makes the decision whether you're going to heaven or whether you're going to hell. You make that decision to believe in Jesus, to believe that that Bible is the absolute truth of the Word of God. It is inerrant. There's nothing that the scientists can discover that that book has not already told you. They have screamed night and day trying to defile the book, 
discredit the book, saying the Bible is not true, only to end up in the end. The best atheist in the world, listen, the best unbelieving atheist in the world that set out to prove it wrong, many of them became born again. My God. Because you, listen, it's true. It's true. Satan's seat. What are we going to do about it? We're going to begin to pull it down. We're going to begin to speak to it. I'm going to say, Father, in Jesus' name right now, I'm asking for the release of the angelic host, your angel armies, to come. Oh, Father, we pray for those angel armies to come and shut down this immorality that's in our nation. Father, shut down and remove, Father, these people that are in authority in the government, in our nation, Father, that make laws. Father, God, that are influential, remove them, oh, God, in Jesus' name. Take them out, oh, God, in the name of Jesus. Come on, because this is so important. Because many of them are in the occult. Oh, God, don't get me started on the occult. My friend, if you've got to look at the horoscope, or if, if, if you're involved in anything that's occultic, if you hadn't burned it by now, something wrong. That shows you need something cast out of you. You need to get delivered from something because that thing has claws. Amen, claws. And it sets itself because it wants to damn you. That's what's happening. Jesus said, read the revelation. Read what he said to those churches. I know where Satan's seat is. I know. Listen to this right here. Get ready to close. Hallelujah. My God. Listen to this. Let me see if I can find it. Lord, help me. Lord, help me, Jesus. He says, I know your works, church. I know your deeds. Everybody say works and deeds. He says, it's okay to have works. You're not working for your salvation. You're working because you're saved. Amen. I know your works. I know your deeds. You've held my name, and you have not denied it, even when my faithful servant Antipas was martyred among you. That said, even though they burned him alive, you didn't stop. Even though he ended up giving his life. He died for the faith because they did that to send a message to all other believers. This is what you get if you don't recant because we're coming after you too. So what are we going to do? Come, come on up, Jennifer. What are we going to do? We're going to pray. What did that high priestess of Satanism say? There's not but one force. Listen, there's not but one force that can remove that. That's the church. The Apostle Paul, what did he say about the church? He said, Antichrist cannot come until the church is removed because we're here restraining the powers of darkness. How powerful. How powerful. We have to demand the spirit of homosexuality, lesbianism. We have to pull it down. We have to pull it down in Jesus' name. We've already had the signs, the heavy rains, the rainbows, 
I didn't even get into this again today, see, but I wanted to talk to you about acclimatization and activation. So we're so, we've been, had the activization. We've had it. I'm, I'm fit in now. I'm adjusted. I'm a Christian. I'm adjusted. I'm, 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 I'm just, you know, I'm comfortable now. That's what we're talking about. Yeah, I know about the Holy Ghost and I speak in tongues and, and all this stuff. But you need to be activated. Activated means I'm an antipas. <laughs> I'm an antipas that says I will not shut up. I'm going to preach until that thing comes down. I'm going to preach until it falls. It's removed. I cast it out in Jesus' name. Because Jesus gave us that authority to stand together. He gave us that power, gave us that authority. Somebody say amen. See, this is so important. We pull down the stronghold in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, right now, way in our hearts have your way Jesus have your way Jesus what Antipas had God we need we need that fire we need that faith. We need that touch from you. Father, in Jesus' name, we say, God, help us. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Master. Right now, God. Right now. Ask yourself the question, am I praying like I need to pray? Am I praying like I need to pray? Prayer is one of the most important things that you can do. Am I praying like I need to pray? Because that stronghold will only get stronger until Christians learn you've got to pray and pull it down. God's not going to send to another state. God's not going to look to anybody else. God's looking at you, you and me. Pull it down. Pull it down. Look for us to pray. Your prayer is important. Your, your seeking God is important. It's a lifeline that's being cast out and thrown to those who need life in Jesus Christ. Ask yourself that question. Am I doing my part? Am I really giving myself? Because you know in all eternity... It's not what you give yourself to in this life that has nothing to do with God that's going to count because that's not going to heaven with you. It's what you do for the kingdom right now and in the kingdom right now that's going to go and head to heaven with you. What am I doing to pull these things down? What am I doing to demolish these things? What am I doing? Because you're going to have resistance of the enemy 
when you make up your mind, I'm going to stand. So right now, if, there, if you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus, I want to give you the opportunity to come to know Him. If you don't know Jesus, never made Him the Lord of your life, and maybe you have, but there's so much more. He wants you to be sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the fire of God. What do you need? What do you need? He wants to equip you. He wants to make you ready. He wants to touch your life. But this is where it starts. You got to be hungry enough to come and say, God, I want that. God, I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be cold. I don't want to be apathetic. I don't want to be indifferent. I want to know you. I want to know you. And I'm asking you to reveal yourself to me. I'm asking you to touch my life. I'm asking you to fill me up with your Holy Spirit. I'm asking you, Lord God, to equip me. Make me what I'm supposed to be, Jesus. I give myself to you, Lord. Here I am. Never made Jesus the Lord of your life. I want you to come. We're going to pray together. Secondly, God's looking for people that will not tolerate the seat of Satan. He wants Satan de-seated, kicked out, ran out, removed in Jesus' name. I want you to come. Let's come right now. Let's come say, God, I want that mantle of intercession upon my life. Father God, I haven't been praying like I should have, but I'm asking you to help me to become that prayer warrior that I need to be. I'm asking God. I want the stirrings of God. I invite you to deal with me 24 hours a day. Lord Jesus, to wake me up in the wee hours of the morning, I'm here to make a commitment to you. I'm here to make this commitment, God, to see these strongholds pulled down in Jesus' name. Lord, we just come right now before your throne and ask in the name of Jesus. Help us, God. Help us to make the difference. Lord, we take authority over every stupor of spirit. All the fog of war, we bind that in Jesus' name and command it to be loosed from every individual in the name of Jesus Christ. And we pray for ears that can hear and eyes that can see and a heart that can perceive and understand. Oh, Father, we pray for the red-hot fire and oil of the Spirit of God. Lord, to be poured out upon us, Lord. Jesus, that you'll have your way, God. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just call on his name. Just call out to him. Say, God, set me on fire. I'm asking for that spirit of intercession to be upon me. Lord, riding down the road, in prayer meetings, Father God, in my home, I'm asking for that spirit of intercession. Jesus, save, Lord. Save this generation. Save America. Save the nations of the earth. Pour out your Holy Spirit. Move, oh God across this nation we bind that spirit of darkness we bind every delusion and deception and cast it down in Jesus name and Father we just right now ask for that heaven to be opened to be opened oh God in the name of Jesus Father let there be an open heaven 
scream it out. I'm serious. You know, you know, riding down the road, just declare it. Say this, I claim this land for Jesus. I claim this county for Jesus. I claim this region for Jesus. I put the blood of Jesus in the heavenlies. I put the blood of Jesus against every stronghold of darkness, against every work of evil. I put the blood of Jesus against that immorality and begin to command it to go in Jesus' name. Amen. And say, right now, you may be an assigned here, but I reassign you. I break the power of the assignment that got you in your present location, and I reassign you to the deep. And I cast you there in Jesus' name. And don't you ever come back in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Give him one more big praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, ma'am.
made me angry. <laughs> it made me so angry. But it can slip in that easy. Amen. And That's right. That's right. Amen. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Amen. Amen. You know, the thing about this is not just in Tennessee, it's in lots of other places, and they actually have gods that are set up at these places and et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of them do rituals to invite satanic powers and witchcraft and all this stuff. It's, it's not just some little thing that they're doing. It's real. It's real. It's real. See, it's, it's rampant. It's rampant, but we can stop it as the church. We can stop it as the body of Christ. Amen. Amen. Got to speak up. Got to speak up. Listen, I know I have some books that are coming in case you haven't got one. Um, so I, I think this is to be here the 29th. What is today? 28th. So that's tomorrow. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate those that, those that you've got them off of Amazon and so forth. So uh, I hope it stirs you up in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he be gracious to you. Turn his face toward you. Grant you peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Now you got a harvest to go to. Go set the captive free in Jesus' name.